acceptance of the students of Rabbi Akiva, but overall, Kabbalah Satora, the acceptance of the Torah, does have to be with a lot of joy. Uh, what I want to talk about today uh, is a very, very complicated topic, and I'm not going to exhaust it, uh, but uh, the reason I bring it up is because the Rebbe himself has a very, who normally did not get involved in uh, detailed Psak Halacha, he left it to uh, Rabbanim, but this is narrowly the Rebbe himself issued a Psak, which is actually quite controversial, and many, many people disagree with it. And that is the impact of the international dateline on the observance of Shavuos. Chabad actually has a very, very, very unusual... I'll, 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 I'll explain it, I'll explain it. Uh, exactly what I mean. The international date line is Bichlal, a very, very misubach, a very complicated question. Uh, so let's first talk about what an international date line is. You know, if you start off and you go east, time gets later, right? As you know, you know, your California is eight o'clock. Chicago or De- Denver is uh, is uh, nine o'clock. Chicago is ten o'clock and New York is going to be 11 o'clock. As you go east, time goes later. As you go west, time goes earlier, right? So when it's 11 o'clock in New York or 12 o'clock in New York, it is 9 o'clock in California, right? So east later, west earlier, right? That's the nature of the sun because the sun goes from east to west. So by the time the sun rises in Chicago, it's already been an hour after the sunrise in New York because of the sun rises east and goes west. Now, the problem is this. The problem of the international dateline is that when you have a circle, when you have a globe, right? So, you, let's say you're going east. Later, 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 later. You're going west. Earlier, 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 earlier. At some point, the two, the two points meet. At some point, now they, that you could pick any point you want, but at some point, there's going to be a 24-hour difference, meaning to say, at some point, it'll be 6 a.m. Tuesday, and because that's going in one direction, and when you go the other direction, it'll also be 6 a.m., but it'll be 6 a.m. Wednesday. And the problem basically becomes, when does east become west, or when does west become east? Because in a circle... As you go east enough, it turns out to be west coming from the other, other side. So it was already recognized by the Rishonim, all the way back, interpreting Gemaras, that there has to be a point, now you don't know which point, there has to be a point where there's a 24-hour difference, that on one side of this line, it is Monday. On the other side of this line, it's Tuesday. It's literally 24 hours. On one side of the line, it's Friday, and on the other side, it's Shabbos. Because east and west meet, right? The old saying, you know, never the twain shall meet. That's not true in a circle. In a circle or a globe, east, later, 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 earlier, 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 at some point, you have to define it. So the question becomes, okay, but you can define it any way you want. Meaning, the the fact that there has to be some point at which the day switches is very, very clear, but that doesn't automatically tell you where. Now, as a matter of secular practice, there is something called an international dateline. If you study a map, 
And the international dateline, in order to avoid disruption, it's put kind of the middle of the Pacific Ocean, where there's not too many people around. And let me explain what this international dateline is. In other words, it goes through the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So that would mean, let's say I leave America. Let's talk about from America first. I leave the United States, and I'm going to Australia. Okay? Clearly, I'm going to cross the dateline. So when I leave California, I am moving to the west. Early, early, early. So let's assume I leave California 12 noon. As I go, it becomes 11. As I go further, it becomes 10. As I go further, it becomes 9. As I go further, it becomes 8. 8 o'clock in the morning. It's the same day. I left, let's say, on Tuesday. But at the point that I cross the deadline, it may be 8 a.m. in the morning but it will no longer be 8 a.m. Tuesday. It will actually become 8 a.m. Wednesday. Wednesday, one day later. That's called losing a day. You understand this? When you cross the deadline, again, it's a little complicated. When you cross the deadline going west, it will become one day later because you're getting early, early, early as you're going west, but then it becomes one day later, meaning it's no longer 8 a.m. Tuesday, it becomes 8 a.m. Wednesday. You have lost a day. Now, let's go the other way around. Let's say you're going from Australia to California. You are moving east. So there, it's gonna initially get later, later. So let's assume I leave Australia 12 noon, as I go east, it'll be 1 p.m. on Tuesday, let's say, 2 p.m. on Tuesday, 3 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 p.m. on Tuesday. But when I cross the deadline in the middle of the, sp- uh, the, middle of the Pacific, it will no longer be 1 p.m. Tuesday. It'll be 1 p.m. Monday, <laughs> Monday. That's called gaining a day. So the basic concept is that crossing the deadline will always change your time by 24 hours. But when you're moving west, it will make it a day later, losing a day. When you're going east, you will actually gain a day. Uh, That's that's how the crossing the deadline works. Now, the deadline by international convention is the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The question obviously becomes, according to halacha, does that define what the deadline, what the date line is? This is extremely important. Not just because, because when is Shabbos? I mean, let me give you an example. Let's take the case of Australia. Australia is on the same side of the date line as Eretz Yisrael. It's the opposite side of the date line of America. Okay. So Australia will be, I don't know how many hours, let's say it's like eight hours ahead of Israel, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't change it by 24 hours. So uh, Australia will be, uh, uh, will be like eight hours, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, eight hours ahead, right? Eight hours later, right? In other words, I guess that going to America, it's gonna be earlier, in Australia it's gonna be later. Uh, so let me just point out, that there's a huge, huge machlokas, what halacha considers to be the deadline. And let me just mention 
the Shita of the Chazenish. The Chazenish was a great, great uh, posek. Uh, he uh, came from uh, Europe, came from Lithuania, and he uh, eventually came to Eretz Yisrael, and in many ways he is considered to be the father, the main, the main halachic authority for the non-Hasidic uh, yeshiva community in Eretz Yisrael. Of course, many, many Hasidim were also very, very uh, close to him as well. And the question was, during World War II, during World War II, uh, many of the yeshivas left, were able to escape Europe, and they went first to Shanghai, I'm sorry, first to Japan, before Japan, before Pearl Harbor, first to Japan and then to Shanghai. And the question becomes, the question became, what day should they fast on Yom Kippur? So let me explain how, how this works. Both China and Japan are on the Israel side of the international dateline. Because if you just looked at a map, right, that China and Japan are on this side of the dateline, as is Australia. Right? So Australia, China, Japan, even New Zealand are all on the Israeli side of the dateline. So consequently, if you followed the international agreement, the way that would work would be that uh, you know, Israel, you know, whatever day Yom Kippur is, you just go uh, later and later and later and later. So Australia would be like uh, eight hours later, and that's when Yom Kippur would be. But according to the Chazinish, the Chazinish actually calculated that Japan is halachically on the other side of the dateline, which would mean the day that people call Saturday in Japan is halachically Friday. It's like America? Yes. And the day that Japan calls Sunday is halachically Shabbos. So the Chazain Ish's Shita would be that when, and, and this is no gay even the halacha today. The, well, I'll, I'll mention that in a moment. According to the Chazonish, a person who is in Japan will keep Shabbos on Sunday, and on Saturday is allowed to do all the malachos, and if he's a man, must wear tefillin. Okay, so it's important. Now, now I'll mention the halacha in a moment, but just be aware that the Chazonish is Shita, and therefore on Yom Kippur, the day that based on the civil dateline would be Yom Kippur, according to the Chazonish, is the day before Yom Kippur. How did he figure that out? Because he figured this out based on the idea that the halachic dateline, I mean, he had proof from the Gemara is uh, six hours from Jerusalem, meaning to say, uh, once you travel, I, I, don't, I don't mean the trip of, in a plane six hours, but, but once the, the time gets later, 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 later for six hours, and then it becomes uh, the, the day before. Uh, the dateline is much earlier than, uh, than the se- secular dateline. So and then it goes the same six as a result, before? Uh, again? Meaning like, it's like Jerusalem's the center, so like six yeah. hours after. Yeah, six hours after, meaning meaning it'll be, uh, instead of being 
instead of being six hours later than Israel, it'll be 18 hours earlier than Israel. That, that's the idea. Because at the point that you switch it by 24 hours, so, so, so again, let's imagine that it's 6 p.m. in Israel. So when it's 12 mid, 6 p.m. Tuesday, when it's 12 midnight, and you go a little further, it's not 12 midnight Tuesday going into Wednesday, it's 12 midnight Monday going into Tuesday. It's 18 hours earlier than, uh, than your uh, 6 p.m. in Yerushalayim. You see? So according to the... Again, it's, it's complicated and the proofs are very, very technical. But the bottom line is, according to the Chazon Ish, Australia... Now, Australia is still on the same side as Israel. So Australia, when they keep Saturday, is Shabbos. Australia, that's important to know. But New Zealand and Japan, according to the Chazenish, you will keep Shabbos Saturday night and Sunday. And the Chazenish was so confident of this Pesach that he didn't even tell people to have any doubt, meaning... On, on the day that is called Saturday in Japan, you are allowed to do all malachos, and you must daven a weekday davening without kiddush, and men must wear tefillin. And even on that day that would be Yom Kippur, based on the Eretz Israel calendar, because you switch the date line, you fast the day after Yom Kippur. Now that's a very amazing thing because eating on Yom Kippur is a very, very severe Avera and the Chazanish actually Paskins. In fact, that's how he became famous. I mean, he was a great guttle before then, but what made him world famous, in this, I mean, not, not that it made a difference to him, obviously that wasn't his uh, intention, but uh, this was a very controversial psak because most Paskin took the position more or less that Halacha will recognize the date line where, where it is, where, where the map has it. And as a result, Japan and China are on the same side as Israel and will keep Yom Kippur and Shabbos based on just being time zones later than Israel. And as a result, therefore, Saturday in Japan is Shabbos and you calculate Yom Kippur based on the same date. Obviously, it's a different time zone, but the same date as Eretz Israel. The Chazanish says you have crossed the date line and because you have crossed the date line, it is one day earlier than Israel, and therefore Shabbos and Yom Kippur will be observed a day later. And this was the Chazanish Yeshita. Most poskim disagreed. Now, in World War II, when there were many Jewish students in Japan, some Jewish students followed the Chazanish Yeshita, and they fasted the day after the normal Yom Kippur. And, and others. They ate on the one? Huh? And they ate on the regular one? And they ate on the regular one. Other people fasted on the regular one. And some people fasted two days in a row oh, in order to be outside. Is it to not, wait, what's, isn't it like not easy to fast the day before Yom Kippur? That is a good point. Uh, on the other hand, it is an Avera. You're supposed to eat the day before Yom Kippur. That's true. On the other hand, if you're in doubt which day is Yom Kippur, so it's, it's more important to be machmer on the fast, even if you're not eating. Okay, now, the option of a Rebbe, you may have heard that there's an Amshin Rebbe in Yerushalayim now, but he was a very, this was his father, a very famous Hasidic Rebbe. Uh, everybody wanted to know, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Because he would be like the one that 
would show us uh, how we paskin. But he says the Amshinur Rebbe remained in seclusion for two days. Uh, he didn't want anybody to know what he was doing. <laughs> so, uh, so all the people who were looking to see what he did, uh, nobody knows what he did. So he didn't want to like... He didn't want to. He, right, right. He it. didn't want to argue with anyone's psak. He must have done something, but. Uh, where did he live? No, he was in. He was in Japan. He was in uh, oh, Shanghai. Really? He was there. I mean, for for the war. Uh, so uh, as a result, uh, he he just kept it secret. Uh, whatever it was that he he passed like. Now, let me just. Ma- yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yes. Yes. So the dateline is coming from where? Like, where is the halacha dateline coming from? So, well, it's it's complicated. The halachic dateline. Well, number one, the fact that a dateline has to exist is a logical necessity. This was identified. Now, where the halachic dateline exists depends on the interpretation of a Talmudic passage in Tractate Rosh Hashanah, Maseches Rosh Hashanah, which uh, talks about uh, when the day begins in different parts of the world. But because it is a, a very convoluted and complex Talmudic passage, it is open to different interpretations. The Chazonish's interpretation was that uh, the time zones, when you when you are more than six hours from Jerusalem, I, I, in other words, right, it gets later, later, later. When you hit six hours, it then becomes 24 hours earlier. So the dateline changes uh, when you have six time zones from Jerusalem, and that will take you to around Japan. You'll, you'll pass Australia. Australia is within the Israel dateline, uh, Japan and uh, eastern China and New Zealand is not, uh, meaning it's out. Uh, now, this is much er- much uh, earlier than the secular dateline, which is the middle of the of the Pacific, right? That's why you ha- that's why you have this confusion. Uh, Japan will call a day Saturday because you haven't yet crossed the dateline to make it Friday, okay? But the Chazunish says you've already crossed the dateline, so Saturday equals Friday, Sunday equals Saturday. So according to the Chazunish, now I'll, I'll mention the halacha for a moment. So the Chazunish has an opinion that, and this would apply even today, it's not only emergency situations, that any Jewish tourist who finds himself in Japan over the weekend must observe Shabbos on Sunday. That's the Chumrah, that's the strict, strict rule. And the leniency, which is surprising, is, is absolutely permitted to do every malacha on the day that is Saturday. And on the day that is Saturday, he does not daven Shabbos davening, he davens weekday davening, uh, and he puts on tefillin. Now, this is the Chazanish's opinion. Now, let me point out, uh, obviously, uh, Chabad has shluchim in all of these places. They must have shluchim in Tokyo. I assume they have shluchim in Tokyo, right? There's yeah, one yeah. country that the International Dayline crosses. It's Kiribati. What's the name of it? Kiribati. Where, where, I never even heard of it. Where, where's that look? Okay, uh, it's, 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 not, it's, it's right in the middle of the date line? Right, right. So okay. one half the country is in one part, one half of the other country is, is there a shaliach? Is there a shaliach in, is there a shaliach in Kiribati? I don't know, but the, the closest... Uh, yeah, so, so what, right. So what I'm saying is so the sec the secular. I mean, that's a good. That's why there's no shaliach. Like I mean, the, over there, over that's exactly that's exactly right. If you cross the street, that's exactly right. Uh, if a dateline cuts through, 
It's Shabbos on one side of the street. Yes. And it's uh, Friday on the other side so of the street. Like, what do you think? So it, dep- it depends on what side of the street you want to be. Uh, let's say. Uh, let's say. Are you across the you are. You actually are. You actually are because you're moving from Shabbos so you can miss to Shabbos. Shabbos. Always. You say I don't never want to have Shabbos. You can actually Shabbos. miss Shabbos. You can. You can. Now the question is, are you allowed to miss Shabbos totally? Miss so, Yom so, <laughs> yeah. 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 So you can't miss two. Kids now, now, as I say, the secular the secular dateline is is relatively convenient. It's drawn in a way that very very few land masses are split. Like there's like no, nothing there, and it even bends a little bit, which is an arbitrary thing, just a made up thing, where if there's some islands, it kind of goes around them, etc. So there shouldn't be. Uh, confusion. Mm-hmm. Now, let me point out, as you, as you know, uh, obviously, uh, Chabad has shaluchim uh, all over the place, Japan and, and other places, and uh, Chabad, but it's not just Chabad, mo- most of the Jewish world does not follow, in spite of the Chazanish's great, great prestige, most of the Jewish world, both Chabad and non-Chabad, do not follow the Chazanish's psaks. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, confuse you that too much. And they basically say, you keep Shabbos in Japan when it is Saturday in Japan, because Shabbos is the same side as uh, Israel. You keep Yom Kippur in Japan when they say it's Yom Kippur. And, and indeed, that, is the cust- that was the custom of the Jewish communities, even before Chabad. I mean, there were, indig- there were not, not indigenous, I don't mean Japanese communities, but there were you know, immigrant communities of Jews in Japan and in China and Australia, etc., and uh, they all uh, basically did not uh, go with the Chazanish's approach. However, it is brought down, if you want to be super-duper machmir, uh, there are compromised positions that people say. Uh, I'll give you one example. I'm, I'm not telling you to do this, and uh, you should ask your own individual world, and he'll tell you not to do it either, but I'll, I'll just mention it. <laughs> I'll just mention it for your own edification, because a person who's very machmir might want to do this. And that is, full Shabbos should be kept on Saturday because that is the consensus of most opinions that Japan is on the same side as Israel. However, on Sunday, you daven a weekday davening. You put on a tefillin. A man will put on tefillin. But he he or she should try to refrain from any molochos that are Torah prohibitions, just in case, but can be lenient on what are called rabbinic prohibitions. In other words, you make what's called maybe a half, I call it a half Shabbos in some way. The full Shabbos will be Saturday, and in deference to the Chazanish, you'll kind of keep what we might call a half Shabbos on Sunday, and of course, that, that requires a lot of Torah knowledge. You have to know, well, what is a Torah violation and what is a rabbinic violation? I'm sure you learn in your uh, Hilchah Shabbos uh, Shiurim a different thing. So, for example, you don't write, you don't turn on lights, you don't cook. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you could do things with a Shinoi, which, are, which is rabbinic. Say again? You could ask a non-Jew because asking a non-Jew is only rabbinic. Now that's a super duper chumr. What I'm saying is, most people, and I think all, all the Chabad Shluchim follow this, most people treat Sunday like an absolute weekday and they don't worry about it at all. But there are people, there are indeed some people, who are super duper machmir in which they will keep 
uh, a full Shabbos on Saturday, and they will keep the Doraisa restrictions on Sunday, but they will still daven a weekday davening. They will not recite Kiddush because it would be a blessing in vain if Shabbos was the day before, but they will, will refrain from Malachos that are Doraisa. So, um, well, like, yeah. Most Rabbanim do not do not tell people to do that. Uh, it's a little it's a little confusing, but, but it depends. Hey, maybe I shouldn't generalize. Certainly, a Chabad Rabbi will not tell you to do that because uh, the Chabad Shita is uh, not like the Chazanish Lagamri. Uh, maybe in the yeshiva world, like Lakewood, that, that perhaps they might maybe more Rabbanim would would tell you uh, to do the two things, the one and a half Shabbos, so to speak. But uh, certainly in a modern Orthodox community. Uh, they certainly will not tell you to do two. They will just tell you to keep Shabbos and Saturday. But I, but for your own edification, I wanted you to be aware of this great uncertainty. Uh, now, remember, the Chazanish didn't say, the Chazanish himself did not say to keep one and a half days. The Chazanish said, Sunday. you only do it on Sunday and forget about Saturday. So I don't think I don't think so. In other words, it's like a big uh, I mean, the people. <laughs> I was going to say maybe a little bit of a of a joke. Uh, the people who totally follow the Chazanish tend not to travel outside of Israel. So the the, okay. que- the question never comes up. In other words, they're probably Rav Chaim Kanevsky, for example. I'll give you an example. You've heard of Rav Chaim Kanevsky? Great, great Rabbi in Bnei Brak, Rav Chaim Kanevsky. He is the nephew of the Chazanish. So I will tell you that if he ever finds his way in Japan, he will keep Sunday. And not Saturday, but he's never going to come to go to Japan. He's ne- he never leaves Israel. So uh, as a result, the people who kind of follow the Chazanish are also very, very strict about not leaving Eretz Israel. So I'm not aware of an actual case of somebody who would only keep uh, keep Sunday. Yeah. Could it be possible? I mean, just like going back like thousands of years or whatever, that we somehow have the Shabbos day wrong. As, it's like no, I'm just like saying because it's like. <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. Like Schmitta is like, it, it, chances are it's not right because of the whole idea of like we. Well, Shemitah, there is a big machlokas. Like, there is an argument when the Shemitah year is, meaning it's not so posh. Because every forty-nine years you mean to keep an extra year and then everything. Right, so like, right. could it be possible that somehow yeah, like, Saturday, with really the times and everything yeah. that like? Well, well, you know, you you you, you could you could say it is possible. But, but uh, our, 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 our tradition is that it's not possible. Our tradition is that Shabbos is, is an unbroken continuity all the way back from uh, the creation of the world. Uh, and even before the Ten Commandments, even before the mitzvah of Shabbos was given, it was known by our patriarchs and matriarchs, the Avos and the Imos. So, uh, Would it even matter, though? I have not like seen any, any contention ever raised that maybe we're keeping Shabbos on the wrong day. Other than the dateline issue. The dateline is a machlokas, uh, but in terms of, let's say, Shabbos in Israel or, or, or the like, uh, it's a dover pashut that we do have the right, uh, we do have the right day. Yeah. Would it even matter? Because like, is there this concept, like if you don't know when Shabbos is, just the seventh day is itself Shabbos. Like, would it even matter? If well, well, I tell you, it, 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 it would matter because because if you're going to apply that paradigm, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. The, the Gemara discusses the Shaila. You're in a desert, and you simply don't know what day it is. You just simply are not aware of what's going on. So it mentions you declare that first day Sunday. You count seven days and you keep every seventh day at Shabbos, okay? But, but, since every other day might be Shabbos, 
you're only allowed to do enough malacha to keep yourself alive. You wouldn't be able to basically have a life. Okay. Uh, uh, in other words, uh, you can do enough work to have enough bread, you know, for, for the day. Right? So, so, therefore, the fact that we spend the rest of the week doing whatever we want means we're not operating out of the doubt of the seventh day. We're, we're, we, know, we know what day Shabbos is, other than, other than dateline problems. Okay, so this was a very important uh, issue just to be aware of the Chazenish. But on the other hand, La Halacha, we do treat Australia, Japan, China, and New Zealand as on the Israel side of the dateline. So, uh, which is the same way secular map would put it, and therefore their Saturday is Shabbos, their Yom Kippur is, is Yom Kippur, and you don't have to worry about Sunday or the like. But now, but now we have an interesting problem about the counting of the Omer. And let me give it again, it's hard to keep the schedules unless you're a some people are very good at this, they're good flyers, so they always figure out how many hours and the difference. So, let, let me give you a an interesting hypothetical, uh, actual, okay. Uh, let's imagine somebody travels from California to Australia Sunday night uh, on an 11 p.m. flight. Okay, you're going California to Australia, 11 p.m., and it happens to be the 15th day of the Omer. Right, so you left California when it's the 15th day of the Omer. It's a 16-hour flight, and you arrive in Australia. Uh, you left. Now, you left Sunday night. You left California. You left California. I'm just making up the numbers. You left California Sunday night, and you already counted the Omer, right? Uh, 11 p.m. <laughs> Okay, I mean, we can make up any numbers you want, but uh, these are actually typical airline schedules. You left California, you left L.A., 11 p.m. Sunday night, and you already counted. You already Davin Mariv, if you Davin Mariv, you already counted the Omer, 15th day of the Omer. Now, it's a 16-hour flight from L.A. to Australia. Just thinking of that gets me tired. I mean, I, I, <laughs> the 12 hours to the U.S. is okay. Actually, people who fly from Israel to Australia, what is that, 25 hours? I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I just can't believe it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, now let's go over this slowly. You left 11 p.m. Sunday night, and it's 16 hours. Now, if, put, putting aside time zones, when you arrive in Australia, what time is it in California time? Meaning just, right? So add 16 hours to 11 p.m., right? So 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. is 12 hours. Then another four hours will be three. So you arrive in Australia, right, 3 p.m., and it's already Monday. When you add? No, no, I'm just talking about... No, 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 this is before we apply the date line. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, look, California, in terms of California time. Like you're flying now, 16 hours. Right. Now, in Australia, however, because you've crossed the date, uh, date line, number one, the time is 9 a.m., but it's not 9 a.m. Monday, it's 9 a.m. Tuesday. 
Understand that? Meaning if you left California 11 p.m. Sunday and you get to Australia 9 a.m., that's the local time in Australia, right? Because you're going west, it becomes a day later. So it turns out you went on the plane Sunday night and you get off the plane Tuesday morning. Right? Even though it's only 16 hours. That's called losing a day. Now, here's the problem. Sunday night and Monday, I said, is the 15th day of the Omer. But Monday night and Tuesday is the 16th day of the Omer. Okay? Tuesday night will be the 17th day of the Omer. So the question becomes this. I counted the Omer Sunday night, which was 15. So that covers me for Sunday night and Monday. I get off, I cross the date line, so it's Tuesday. Now Tuesday in, in Australia, assuming not like the, assuming you've crossed the date line, Tuesday is the 16th day of the Omer. Now, so what most postcom would say is the following. Well, actually, let me backtrack a moment. Let me, let me just me- mention a halacha just to give you a little. Which will, will, I, 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 How do we get from Sunday to Tuesday? No, because like this. Uh, when you go from California to Australia, you are going west. Somewhere in the middle of the Pacific, you cross the date line. Now, when you cross the date line going west, it is now 24 hours later than it was on oh, the other side after of the date line. It's because it's, it's a long flight. Uh, that's right, exactly. that's right, that's right. So by the time you get to Australia, even though it's only been a 16-hour flight, it is already the, a day later. It's Tuesday. So most postmen would say the following. <laughs> Sunday night and Monday was the uh, 15th day of the Omer. But now it's Tuesday. Now, let, let me give you a halacha to clarify something. In other words, what, what, what is the halacha generally? Just a general halacha. If you skipped, if you forgot to count... Well, first of all, are women, do women have to count the Omer anyway? Right? So, so the truth of the matter is, women are technically exempt from counting the Omer because it is a time-bound positive commandment. Women, this is one of the myths women are exempt from. Nevertheless, if they want to do it, they can. And according to Ashkenazim, they even make a bracha. So you can count Svira if you want to, uh, although you're exempt. Men, of course, have to count Svira Saoma. What is the halacha? Forget about date line for a moment. Let's just talk about simple halacha. If you forgot, you missed a day. Uh, I forgot to count last night. Until what, 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 what do I do if I miss a day? So here's how it works. If I remember any time at night until dawn, I just make the bracha and I count, and that's fine. If I miss the night and I didn't remember till the day, I count in the day without a bracha, and then I can resume my count at night with a bracha. If, on the other hand, 
I missed both the night and the day. I can no longer make a bracha. What I should do is I should hear the bracha from a chazan or somebody, and then I count without a bracha. Everyone understands the halacha here. So again, if I forgot to do it at night, so if I remember any time during the night, I make a bracha, that's fine. If I didn't remember till the next day, I can count without a bracha and then resume the count at night with a bracha. If, however, I miss both the night and the day, I can no longer make a bracha. I count without a bracha, but if I'm able to hear the bracha from a chazan or somebody, that would be the best way. The reason why you forfeit the bracha once you miss a whole day is because the Torah does describe the mitzvah as counting seven complete weeks. And the notion of complete means you don't miss anything. Once you miss something, you can no longer do the mitzvah in its perfect way. The word tamimos is the critical word here. So now, knowing this basic halacha, right? This is the basic halacha. Let's go back to the airplane situation. I went on the plane Sunday night on the 15th day of the Omer. I walk out of the plane Tuesday morning on the 16th day of the Omer. Right? This is because Monday night, Tuesday, right? Now, it's already day. So what I do is I count the 16th day of the Omer without a bracha. And then Tuesday night, I count with a bracha the 17th. I didn't miss anything, really. The only thing I missed, and I could have done it on the plane if I, if I knew when we were crossing the date line, the only thing I missed was I didn't count the 16th day with the bracha because I didn't know when I crossed the date line into the next day. But, so what? Even if I missed the bracha for the 16th, I can count it when I, uh, in, uh, when I leave the plane in the morning. The morning. Uh, not the morning. Not the morning, but uh, the 3 p.m. You know, the Tuesday afternoon. And then I can resume 17th uh, with a bracha there. So you're allowed yeah. to count for yesterday? Um, you're saying you would be allowed to count Mondays on, a Tuesday, on Tuesday afternoon without a bracha? That's correct. That's Monday correct. Night. Monday night. You're counting Monday night svira on Tuesday afternoon. Monday night svira. Yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that's correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because in, in Judaism, the night and right, the next yeah. day are the same day. Right? Okay. Now, now so, so this, is, this is what most postkin would say. Most postkin would simply say that if you counted uh, Svira Sunday night before you went on the plane, or, right, or after you went on the plane, etc., before you crossed the date line, and then you get off the plane in Australia on Tuesday morning, or Tuesday afternoon in this case, so essentially uh, you will count Monday night Svira Tuesday afternoon without a bracha, and then uh, from Wednesday night onwards, you'll make a bracha, and you will not have missed any of the, any of the days. You're not allowed to make a bracha? Oh, that's right. Right, okay. Uh, now, here is where, this is what almost everybody says, this is the procedure, okay? This is the procedure for Sphira. What if you miss the whole day? Like, you can leave, let's say, Monday morning. Right? Yeah. And then you miss the entire. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So if you so if you miss the entire day, then then you've missed it. Uh, but, but, but then you can, then you're like anyone anyone else who missed that, you can no longer make a bracha. Right. 
So now, schedule your flight. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> or, or, or if you know when you're crossing the deadline, the deadline, you can make a brach on the plane. You know mm-hmm. when it's the next day. That's right. But now, it's still the same day back that's correct. But once you cross the dateline, it's a new day. You know, right? So you you, f- you follow where you are. Oh, okay. So you have to wait till it's night. You have to wait till it's night. But one second. But one, once you cross once you cross the date line again, we're going in the, in the direction of California to Australia. When you cross the date line, it'll be a day, a day later. So by definition, the night has already happened for that day. Right. So you count without a bracha. If you cross the date line when it's day, you count without a bracha the new day. Unless you're going at night, unless you cross the date line at night. If you cross the date line at the day, you count without a bracha and you resume the bracha at night. So is it easy to avoid the date line altogether than to cross the date line? Well, well, so uh, it all depends. Uh, if you're if you're if you're flying from California to Australia, yeah. I, I don't know any way you you can avoid the date line. You can fly around the world. You can fly. Uh, no, you could do that. You could fly around. Well, you could fly east to, towards New York, but that that that'll that'll triple your trip. That'll quadruple your trip to fly uh, from California to Australia via New York, <laughs> going through Asia and Israel, is uh, will make make your trip you know forty hours or whatever it would be, and you won't get you won't get a direct flight anyway. I mean, <laughs> there's no direct flight from California eastward to Australia. Okay. Now let me just mention. Uh, the Rebbe's Psak on this. The Rebbe's Psak is a totally, totally unusual, very, very big Chiddush Psak. The Rebbe says the following. The Rebbe says that when the Torah describes the holiday of Shavuos, it does so in an unusual way. You know, the Torah, it's true that we celebrate Shavuos on a calendar day, the 6th of Sivan. Right? So I think it's safe to say the 6th of Sivan is Shavuos. But that's not how the Torah defines it. Unlike Pesach, where the Torah says Pesach is the 15th of Nisan. Unlike Rosh Hashanah, where the Torah says it is the first of Tishrei. Unlike Yom Kippur, where the Torah says it's the 10th of Tishrei. Unlike Sukkot, where the Torah says it is the 15th of Tishrei. Right? Every Yom in the Torah is given a calendar date. The one exception is the holiday of Shavuos is not given a date at all. Rather, the Torah says, you start counting the Omer from the second day of Pesach, and the 50th day of your count is Shavuos. Now, it happens to be so that if you're simply in one place, the 50th day of your count will always be the 6th of Sivan. But the Rebbe says, the halachic definition of Shavuos is not based on a calendar date. It is based on the 50th day of your count. Therefore, the Rebbe says the following. You got it. It's almost kind of like the Chazanish in which he's changing, I mean, in, in, in a different way. He's changing the day. The Rebbe says... Your Omer count is defined by where you were when you began counting. So, 
according to the Rebbe, therefore, if indeed I went on the plane on the Actually, in this case, it wouldn't make a difference. Let's say I went on the plane on the 15th day of the Omer. And let's say it changes into the 16th. The Rebbe says, you keep on, in other words, you treat the next day as the 15th, not the 16th. Meaning to say, even though you cross the deadline, the date line, even though you cross the date line, so in Australia, it's the 16th day of the Omer, for you, that day is the 15th day of the Omer. You see? Because that day belonged to the night before where you counted it as the 15th. And therefore, according to the Rebbe, you will keep Shavuos. It's exactly like the Chazanish for a different reason. You will keep Shavuos the day after they keep Shavuos in Australia. Now, what that means is the following. Since in Chutz La'aretz, people keep two days of Shavuos, so you will keep the second day of Shavuos and the day after that, and you do not have to keep the first day of Shavuos because what in Australia is day 50 for you is day 49 in terms of your count that you started in California. And therefore, the Rebbe said, although, so, so it's not like the Chazunish, although Yom Kippur and Shabbos, the Rebbe said, is going to be defined by Australia, but Shavuos is defined by your individualistic counting. Shabbos is also the seventh day. Yes. Well, yes, yes, but it's not based on your counting, meaning it is the seventh day of, of the cycle in place in that geographical locale, as opposed to the Omer. See, the Torah doesn't say, you shall count six days and observe a Shabbos. Right? Do you see the Rebbe's Chiddush? The Rebbe's Chiddush basically is that Shavuos is the 50th day of your counting of the Omer. Now, if I counted the 15th day, Sunday night, so that means the day after that night is my day 15, even though when I get off the plane, they're calling it day 16. Therefore, since for me it's day 15, my Shavuos is going to be a day later, my 50th day is going to be a day later, which corresponds with the second day of Yom Tif in Australia, and then the day after, the day after that. This is a very big chiddush. Essentially what the Rebbe is saying is that although the date line is relevant for determining Shabbos and all the other Chagim, the date line is not going to be relevant for determining Shavuos. Shavuos is the 50th day from the time when you started counting the Omer based on the place that you were on the second day of Pesach. Even if you don't live there, even if you actually live in Australia, but if Lamaisa, you started your Sphere account in Los Angeles, you will observe Shavuos when Los Angeles observes Shavuos and not when Australia observes Shavuos. Okay, now this is a Chiddush, so again, uh, if you're... Uh, it's not only halacha that like, like only 
It's not the only one. The, the other psak the Rebbe gave, which is not controversial, in fact, most poskim say the same thing, is that the Rebbe held that, uh, we talked about this, that uh, ad- adopted children, when a, when a Jewish couple adopts, uh, the prohibitions of yichud and hugging and kissing apply towards adopted children once they reach uh, the age in which you're not allowed to hug and kiss a non-related person. Uh, now that psak uh, is in fact what most opinions say, although there are some lenient views we talked about. So that was not, uh, that was not an unusual psak. Uh, but the Shavuos thing is very, very unusual. Now it's interesting, the Rebbe initially, the Rebbe has two letters in this. I, I can send you the, maybe I'll look up the documentation. In his first uh, michtav, his first letter, he was Mesupic. He kind of uh, adopted the idea that Shavuos should be the second day, but L'Chumra, you shouldn't do Malacha on the first day. Kind of the doubtful idea. But then I guess he came to the conclusion that he was uh, sure of this. And he said, yeah, first day you can do, like the Chazinus said about Shabbos, the first day you can do anything you want. He said, you don't have to be Machra. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the Shluchim do. Did the Shluchim uh, actually follow this? People fly around the world. People fly around the world. What do you mean, fly around the world? To avoid the deadline? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. How, how, long, how long does the trip take? Well, I haven't done it, but people <laughs> like literally fly. <laughs> they do this because of the Shavuos problem? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for Shavuos, in other words, the rest of the time they don't... Right. In other yeah, words, they don't, mind, they, don't, they don't mind crossing the date line all normally. They don't fly, all they fly back for Shavuos. Like, or leave for Shavuos. Okay, yeah. okay. Wait, during the Omer or just Shavuos? Although the Omer, you have to say, it's not just Shavuos, though. In other words, okay, but the, but, but the Omer is not such a problem, really, because the Omer, see, the Omer, you know, she just count two days, meaning, meaning, if you don't, if, you, if it's about Shavuos, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In other words, although the Rebbe's Psak is not just about Shavuos, it's also about what day of the Omer you count. But as I say, if a person wanted to be extra strict, he would just count two days. Shavuos, however, would be would be an issue. Sure, when you count first, though, if it's like a half second, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be a problem. Yeah. There, there are people who, if they're unable to avoid the dateline, they'll keep three days. Like they'll, they'll keep three they'll days. Keep like one of the days. You know, people like, keep three days. They don't properly keep the third day or the first okay. day in that case. Okay. So now they keep four days. Okay. No, well, I no I'm saying since it's Shabbos. I traveled on Chol. No, no, I traveled on Chol. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Never be right, 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 right. Either the first day. Yeah. 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 So it'll be on Shabbos. But they're on Shabbos. Okay. So as I say, though. Let's say it's the other way. Yeah. Now, now, let, let, let's, uh, to confuse you further, uh, let's, let's talk about an opposite hypothetical, going from Australia back to California, okay, just, just to flesh this out. Uh, now, let's assume uh, the same type of thing, uh, you're leaving Australia, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. I, was, I thought like, people start at Rosh Kodesh Yar. So no, oh, okay, no, no. okay. Let, let me clarify this. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of people get confused. There are two different ideas of Omer, and they're, they're not connected, really. One is a mitzvah to count the days of the Omer. There, there is no argument. You start from the second day of Pesach, and you go until the day before Shavuos. You count 49 days. That is true for Ashkenazim. That is true for Sephardim. 
that's in the Torah. The Torah says you shall count the 49 days of seven weeks. Okay, no machlokas at all. I mean, there's a machlokas if you say ba-omer, la-omer, that's a machlokas of, what, of the exact wording, but everybody counts. Now, what you're talking about is something totally different. Later, this is not in the Torah, later, the Omer period developed certain mourning rituals. We don't get married, we don't listen to music, we don't get haircuts. Now, that's not in the Torah. The Torah doesn't say that. But that became because of the students of Rabbi Akiva that died because they did not show proper kavod. Now, when it comes to the mourning rituals, then Ashkenazim, Sephardim have different customs. Some observe them for all the 49 days. Some observe, observe them from only after Rosh Chodesh Eor till Erev Shavuos. Some three days before Shavuos. Some until Lagba Omer. But that, has not, that does not affect when Shavuos is. Shavuos is always going to be 49 days into your Omer count. Right? So Ashkenazim and Svardim and Taimonim and Hasidim and non-Hasidim, uh, we all keep Shavuos on the same day other than the dateline problem, right? The Rebbe's uh, issue about the, the dateline, which may create a discrepancy, but it's nothing to do with Ashkenazim and Svardim. Okay? So... Be, uh, yes, as a matter of fact, the Karaites do keep it a different day. In fact, this was, uh, this was a very, very famous machlokas in the time of the Gemara uh, because the Torah does not say the second day of Pesach. The Torah says the day after the Shabbos. Our interpretation is Shabbos means the holiday of Pesach and Macharasa Shabbos is the next day, but the Karaites interpret Shabbos to be Shabbos and they, ca- they start counting the Omer on Sunday after Pesach and therefore their Shavuos is going to be later. Absolutely so. The Karaites keep Shavuos a different day. But of course, the Karaites don't, don't, don't accept the Gemara. They don't accept the, the oral law. By the way, you know, the Karaites, interesting, there are Karaites. In fact, there's even in Israel, there's a chief Karaite rabbi. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, you know, the thing about the Karaites, uh, the thing about the Karaites is they wear, they wear tzitzis. They wear talus. They don't wear tefillin. Why is that? Because interestingly they enough, like they no, they do, not, they do not have tefillin. They say, when the Torah says, you shall tie them uh, on your hands and put them between your eyes, they interpret it allegorically that the words of the Torah should be in your mind, almost like a Hasidic interpretation. The words of the Torah should be in your mind and they should be in your action. Picha, like the Balatan. Now, that's a, be- that's a beautiful interpretation, and in truth, that is the symbolic meaning of tefillin. But what they're doing is, they're taking the symbolic meaning and they're negating, they're negating the Lamaisa meaning. No, that's right. This is, people think, this is a mistake, people think that Kararites are always hyper literal. This is an example where the Kararites are allegorical. So, so, so it's not always true that the Kararites are literal. They also have symbolic interpretation, but they don't accept the Torah Shabbat. They don't accept the uh, the oral the oral Masorah. So Kararites do wear tzitzis because I don't I don't know why they haven't interpreted that out of the out of the literal. But they do not wear tefillin because they they consider that to be a 
rabbinic uh, innovation. I'd have to check. You know, there's a website you can check uh, if you want to know all the Karaite uh, Minhagim. They have a website. Uh, I haven't looked at it. Uh, but Shavuos is famous. Shavuos is uh, absolutely the famous example of the holiday that they keep uh, the wrong, you know, the different day. Because they count the Omer from a Sunday rather than from the second day of, of Pesach. And that's an old machlokas. Again, let me just clarify a little terminology. Uh, there are two movements that people sometimes think are the same, but they're not the same. There are the Tzedukim, the Sadducees, and there are the Karaim, the Karaites. These are not the same movement. The Tzedukim was a movement that existed during the Second Temple. So the Pharisees, who are the Chachamim, right? Jesus didn't like them, but, but uh, the Prushim are, are sages. And the Tzedukim were the people who denied the Torah Shabbat. Now, the Tzedukim as a movement became extinct during the Second Temple. Now, the Kararites, you might call a revival of the Tzedukim, but that was in the year 1000. That was uh, after the Gemara, right? So the Kararites are a post-Talmudic uh, rebellious sect, as opposed to the Tztukim that are early, but they do have something in common. Both of them denied the Torah Shabbat Peh. But, if, but you know, you, it would not be correct to talk about the Karaites in the Gemara. There were no Karaites in the Gemara. There were only Tzedukim in the Gemara. Uh, but the Karaites took over a lot of the distorted teachings of the Tzedukim. Okay, yeah. If someone's celebrating Shavuos, um according to how the Rebbe interpreted yeah. it and and they're like celebrating it the day after. Yes. Are they openly allowed to do things that that and um, break whatever, break Yomtev openly? Or is it like the whole idea like you shouldn't you yeah. should just be respectful the next day at home or like you're allowed to go driving around where you know other people are keeping Yeah, so here I think it would be very, very clear. It would be very, very clear that uh, according to the Rebbe's Psak, you would not be allowed to do malacha publicly because for those people it's yomtiv. It's not like the Chazanish. See, the Chazanish's problem was the people keeping Shabbos on Saturday are keeping it the wrong day. So the Chazanish, I would say, you could do malacha on Saturday. But in the Rebbe's calculation, it's very different because the Rebbe is saying the people who live in Australia are keeping Shavuot the right day. It's just for you it's not the right day. But for them, it is the right day. So you see the difference. So according to that, for sure, it would be a very bad thing for you to do malacha on the day. Again, it's very similar to an Israeli doing malacha on the second day of Yom Tif in America, which he's not allowed to do publicly, for sure, even privately. You see? So you have to, <laughs> differen- you have to differentiate between the Chazonish's situation and the Rebbe's situation. The Chazaynish, I think, would say that I am allowed to do malacha on Saturday in Japan because the people who keep that day as Shabbos are making a mistake. They're not supposed to keep that day as Shabbos. But in the Rebbe's situation, it's totally different, right? Again, the Rebbe is not saying the people in Australia are keeping Shavuos the wrong day. No, the people in Australia are keeping Shavuos the right day. But for me... I got to keep Shavuos based on my count. That logic would not permit you to do malacha in a public way, for sure, for sure not. 
So if the Rebbe gives you a heter, he's talking about uh, privately. So like this year, if you were to cross the date line, you could end up having to like openly keep four days in a row. Yeah, that's what my question was, right? It does make sense, right? Openly. Privately, not. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's what I'm asking about, like, because if it's your the wrong day, you're in That's correct. Four days in a row. Well, well, okay, but instead of three days, you know, it's only one extra day, really. It's not that bad. Okay. So stop complaining about the three day emptive. We've invented the four day emptive. That's it. Like most people, like my friend, yeah. right. yeah. but your guess is that you want to Like, it often ends up being easier to say, you can you draw a second Yeah, yeah. 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 That after Lagba Omer, they no longer keep the morning restrictions of the Omer, so they can listen to any any live music oh, they want. Is there an exception yeah. for like Matzah Shabbos? Yeah, yeah we were at like a Chabad thing, and like it was live music. Uh, I, I'm not aware of such an exception, but you know, may, may, I don't know if Chabad has such a such a rule or not. Again, I'm not I'm not saying there isn't, but I, I'm not a, I'm not aware of one. In fact, same thing, you know, the Rabbanut, for example, creates an exception for Yom HaTzma'ut. Uh, you know, there's not, you know, there, there are no real exceptions. Yom HaTzma'ut is in the middle of Sphira, like every single opinion. I mean, Yom Yushalayim already is at least after Lag Ba'omer. Yom HaTzma'ut is, is right in the middle of the Omer period. There's no, there's no hatred to listen to music on on Yom Atzmut. So what's the rationale for it? Like, like, well, they claim, I, I mean, listen, they, they claim uh, that the establishment of the State of Israel is like a holiday, so therefore it overrides... Uh, They're like halachic customs, like, meetings, like, wave, have a magic wave, wave voice. It's, 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 hard, it's hard to see a hetero. I mean, some say... Or like shaving, people will shave on this day. Is yeah. it like, is that okay? <laughs> It's not. <laughs> In fact, there's much more of a hatred to listen to music. In fact, let me just mention that the issue of listening to music during the Omer is not so simple. Uh, it's brought down. The things that you cannot do during the Omer for sure is uh, you cannot get married and you should not cut your hair. It actually does not say you cannot listen to music. So the truth of the matter is... Yeah. No, that's right. No, 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 that's right. That's right. So some people will say, right? Some people go over to me and say, oh, I can listen to music. Show me where it says in the Shulchan Aruch, I can't listen to music during the Omer. Show me. And I tell the person, you don't want to go there. Because... I'll show you the Shulchan Aruch that says you're never allowed to listen to music. So the Shulchan Aruch had no reason. Same thing with the three weeks. It does not say in the Shulchan Aruch you cannot listen to music during the three weeks because you can't listen to music ever unless it's a chasna or a mitzvah, das mitzvah. This is because of Zecher L'Chorben that there were opinions that said that we have to mourn over the Beis HaMikdash the whole year. So it's not proper to have music. Now, so Lemaise, it turns out, we are very lenient in this. And there are reasons for this, because spiritually, we're in a weak place. We need music to uh, give us simcha. 
But even if you're lenient, at least for the Omer of the three weeks, it's good to be machmer. But but in truth, so that's told, where it comes from. That's where it comes from. But in truth, it's not such a clear it's not such a clear answer. The only thing that's absolutely clear you cannot do during the Omer, in fact, is to get married. By the way, get married. That's very interesting. Not not to go to a wedding. This is very fascinating. Here's the question. Let's say you keep the laws of Sphira all the way to Shavuos, but your friend stops after Lagba Omer and you're invited to a wedding. You are allowed to go to a wedding. You're not allowed to get married. The Isser of Svira is on getting married, not on going to a wedding. So as long as the person who's making the wedding is allowed to make the wedding, you are allowed to go to the wedding in spite of the fact that for you it's still a sphere of restriction. That's an important chel. Oh, so the question is what about the music? But even then, once you're allowed to go to the wedding, you know, you can even stay for the music because uh, you're allowed to go to the wedding, so it's a mitzvah, so that's going to that's override the sphere of restrictions. Yeah? I have a question that also doesn't have to do this, I'm sorry. About yes. time zones. Yes. If you, if you are observing a yard site, does the person saying Kaddish for you have to be in the same time zone as you? Uh, well, it doesn't have to be the same time zone, but 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 the kaddishes have to be said. Um, no, no, actually, he do, he doesn't. As long as long as they are saying kaddish, when where they are, it is the day of the yard site. That would suffice. It doesn't have to match with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, it does not. It does not. It has to do just like Shabbos, right? Shabbos is not based on when it's Shabbos in Yerushalayim. If Shabbos, if Shabbos begins Shabbos in Yerushalayim, then uh, in New York, uh, Shabbos would begin 12, 12 midnight. You know, uh, from that. so with time zones, right? That it's, that's an easier issue than dateline time zones. You simply look at the time where time and place where you are, and if that is the date of the yard site in that place, that is when Kaddish is is recited. So, like I, I can light my yard site candle in my time zone and have someone say Kaddish in their time. That's zone correct. Like that that's that's correct. That's an interesting uh, point. But yeah, uh, now how that works? <laughs> how like real? How can we all? Like real. Real. <laughs> like what it would be like if we all? It was like. Well, you know, the, the, the Kuzari raises this possibility. If you think about it, the Kuzari says, you know, shouldn't Shabbos, I mean, Shabbos is Hashem enters the world, right? The Shekhinah enters the world. So shouldn't it happen exactly the same second? Now think about it. Shouldn't it be Shabbos exactly the same time? Now think about what that would mean. Let's imagine... I'm going to make up. Let's imagine that sunset in Yerushalayim is 8 p.m. So without time zones, what you would say is this. When it's 8 p.m. Yerushalayim time, it is Shabbos all over the world. That would mean Shabbos in New York is 12 noon or 1, uh, 1, 1, 8, 1 p.m. Friday afternoon. Right, I mean, you understand what I mean. Without time zones, you right. That's right. You no longer look. (laughs) Without time zones, you're no longer looking at the rising and setting of the sun in a particular place. But you're saying, you're right. Shabbos hits the world 
the same time, Rav Yudah Levi actually suggests that as a possibility, but he says that's not uh, how we work. Uh, so apparently the concept is the Shekhinah makes, makes a lot of trips, meaning to say it comes here, then he comes to New York seven hours later, and then he comes, you know, there. Right, travels. Right, right, it's like right, the spread. Right, so the Shekhinah hits the world at different moments as opposed to one big moment. Right. Can I ask, according to fact time zones, I don't, I still don't really understand how it works that if someone's keeping, like someone's in Israel and it's a one-day Yom Tov and they fly to a country where it's a two-day Yom Tov and they land in that country the hour after Yom Tov comes out. Okay, let me address that for a moment because it, it comes up a lot. First of all, Chabad has another psak which is a little unusual, although not, not as unusual as the Rebbe's psak of Svira Saomer. And that, but for Ashkenazim, it's an unusual psak. And that is, what do you do if you're uh, an American who's only here for a year? Oh. You're in Israel, or, or or you're just a tourist. You're just here for for Yom Tif and you're going back to America. So in America, you have to keep two days of Yom Tif. and in Israel, Israelis only keep one day of Yom Tif, right? So what do you do if you're a tourist? Now let me say. Most Ashkenazim paskin, that if you plan on going back to Chutz Laaretz, then even when you are in Israel, you are chayav, you are obligated to keep two days of Yom Tov, which can be a very big hardship. Uh, you have to find a Seder, a second Seder, and everything else. That is how most Ashkenazim paskin, meaning unless you decide you're going to be here permanently, until you make that decision, you have to keep two days of Yom Tif. Now, the Alter Rebbe Paskins, that, uh, to paraphrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And he basically says, if you're, actually, it's, it's a very, very logical psalm, uh, if you are in Eretz Yisrael, you only have to keep one day. And when you go back to America, you keep two days. But here you keep one day. Now, that's the Alter Rebbe's psalm. And uh, that is also the psak of many Sephardim. Sephardim, like Chabad? <laughs> yeah, like Chabad. Not, not because of Chabad, per se, but, but it's interesting that this is where the Alter Rebbe is in agreement with many of the Sephardish poskim. So it turns out, therefore, that for most Ashkenazim, if you're a, an American tourist in Israel, you do have to keep two days. Legamre, that means Yom Tov Davening and no Malacha. Uh, according to Chabad, you have uh, only one day. I assume, it was, is that what you're told? Were you told about that? Yeah. Uh, so you only keep one day. Yeah, keep okay. it to the middle. Okay, the so now, all right. There are, like, yeah. Chabad people, though, that keep two days. Yeah, because some have a different, yeah, some have a different Mesorah, whatever, different, different level of Chumrah, etc. In fact, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you can make a whole, you can make, you, you can make a whole study about there are a number of psukim of the Alter Rebbe that, that, that are not always held halacha by, by many people in Chabad. It's an interesting question. Sleeping in the sukkah is another example. Uh, the Alter Rebbe paskins to sleep in the sukkah, a man to sleep in the sukkah, and the minig of Chabad uh, presently is, is not to sleep in the sukkah, most. So, again... Uh, yeah, just because they don't have well, that, that was true in Russia. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Maybe, maybe the state. Yeah, I, I know, but uh, it's not. It's not so cold. It's not so cold here. 
if, if any, if any, if anything, it actually gets hot here. One might argue your putter from sleeping is too hot to sleep in the sukkah. <laughs> That's one of the things about <laughs> sleeping in the sukkah is because they get the protection and you're made to like go yeah. out of your comfort yeah, zone, right. even so in the cold, because right. it's like right. made to be in winter. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So the Rebbe had a different. So the Rebbe had a sheet. on one hand, the Rebbe had a sheet. The Rebbe would not even have water outside of the sukkah. If you, if you remember, when the Rebbe had his first heart attack and they wanted to give him water, <laughs> he said he has to be taken to the sukkah. He would not uh, drink a glass of water uh, outside of the sukkah. Right, that's right, that's right. On the other hand, the Rebbe was very stark, was very strong that the meaning of Chabad uh, was not to sleep in the sukkah. Okay, so, uh, you know, the, the, these are things that halakhically are, are hard for us to, uh, to understand. Uh, so, but once again, the, uh, the fact that the Alter Rebbe says in the Shulchan Aruch, sleep in the sukkah, so you know, you have, you have to know exactly. Uh, it's a complicated uh, history. One of the things uh, Rebbeim can do <laughs> is they can even, you know, whatever, they can even be cholek, they can even argue with earlier, early Rebbeim if they felt there was a, a reason uh, to do it. Uh, but be it as it may, I, w- I want to answer your question. So I'm going to go with the Chabad assumption that if you're only here, uh, even, if you're, even if you're here as a tourist, you only keep one day. Now, that would mean, therefore, that you are allowed, let's say you want to go back to America, you are allowed to take a plane back to America on the second day of the Yom Tif, right? Th- th- that's what it would mean. But here's the problem. As soon as the plane lands, you're now in Chutz La'aretz. One, you're in Chutz La'aretz. You're obligated. Not even as soon as you leave Israel, as soon as your plane leaves. That's right. That's a, that's a very good point. You Israel. you might be obligated even on the airplane itself as soon. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're not coming. You, you, you know. Wait, what malachah are you breaking if yeah, you on a plane? No, 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 you're not breaking any malachah. The truth is, you can stay on the plane. You can stay on the plane, but you can't turn on a light. You know, you, 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 you can stay on the plane. You're not doing any malachah. Uh, there's no avera to be on a plane, but, but you're going to have to keep all of the halachos there. Now, Yeah, there are people who are stuck on a plane on Shabbos. Forget about this Yom uh, Tov thing. There are people who, you know, I think they made them land, they the, made plane. Them land the plane. They made them land the plane. People assume the airport because they're like. Okay, they they could. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is, it, I mean, right. So this is not only this is not only Yom Tov This is a Shabbos problem. If you're stuck on a plane on Shabbos, not not a good situation. Basically, you know, actually, you may have to worry about the bathroom, right? You open up the bathroom, does a light turn on? I, I, don't, I don't remember. But you basically have to keep Shabbos on the plane. You're not doing any Avera, but you've got to keep Shabbos. And when the plane lands, you've got to be careful with muktza and all, all sorts of, all sorts of halachas. How do you, how do you uh, get your luggage, etc.? Uh, real problems. You can tell Goyim to do it for you in such a case. Then I think you're uh, and 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 of course you're going you're going to have to stay in the airport till Shabbos is is over. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you walk through like a BP uh, thing? Huh? Can you have If that's the only way you can get out, uh, there there may be hetterim to walk through. Same thing with the kotel. People, can you walk through? It happens on Shabbos sometimes. Yeah. So 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 the ba- so therefore because of this, I would recommend, I would recommend. I tell people that uh, you should not. Uh, 
go to America, schedule the flight, even on the second day of Yom Tif here, unless it's going to land after Yom Tif is over and you feel you can keep all the laws of Yom Tif on the on the on the plane. Yes, you do. You do. So it's not like. Let me qualify that. What I, I, what I said is not quite accurate. If it's Shabbos, you must keep Shabbos 100% on the plane. That's true. When it comes to the second day of Yom Tif, it is brought down. It is brought down that even though you've left Israeli airspace, you're not obligated in the second day of Yom Tif till you actually reach a community where there are other Jews. So some actually say that even in the airport, you're not yet obligated to keep the laws of Yom Tov Sheni, but as soon as you enter a Jewish community, you then would not be allowed to get out of the car and all those what other things. Ten Jewish men right next to you? So the question then becomes, what do we mean by a Jewish community? Do we include passengers on a plane? Do we include non-religious people in the airport? What if they're davening? Like what if they're davening? Yeah, so, so there are, there are, there are, there are problems. Meaning, it would be a difficult shaila to determine at what point do you become obligated in the second day of Yom Tov. Shabbos is not an issue. You're obligated in Shabbos when Shabbos starts, no matter where you are. Yom Tov Sheni depends on being in a proximity to a community, and then the question is how you calculate that. So because of that, I, you know, people do this all the time. They schedule flights on, on the second day of Yom Tov. And, if, and listen, if you're an Israeli, you can do it even without the, Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe's Pesach. I mean, an Israeli can do, like I can, right? I can do Malacha for sure uh, on the second day of Yom Tov. So many people schedule flights to the States uh, on Yom Tov Sheni. No, no. So in the in the states, I do keep the second day. I do keep the second day. Yeah, yeah. Do you follow the where you are thing? No, I don't. Uh, I, I follow the idea that uh, I go lechumra both ways. Meaning to say, an American here got to keep two days, and an Israeli there uh, keeps one day, but it doesn't do malacha. Meaning, I would dive in a weekday davening, but I would not do any malacha that way. Okay, that, that's so what you, most. For you, you would say an American who comes here would keep two days. No, I, I don't keep two days proper. Meaning, I don't do malacha, but I daven chol and I wear tefillin privately. That, that's that, that's what that's what most Ashkenazim do. In other words, uh, as opposed to the Alter Rebbe, who would say, you got to keep two days in America and keep only one day here. Right? I, I, that, that, that's a different. Wait, but what do you do here? No, no. So he well here I'm an Israeli. So right. here here I only keep one day. So you keep one day here and keep two days. I don't, I, I, I don't keep two days in Chutz oh. uh, What I do is, I don't do malacha in Chutz oh. But I don't make Kiddush, and, okay. and I dive in a weekday davening, and I wear tefillin. Okay. It's not the same as the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe would say, you, you mamish keep two full days. Okay. As the Alter Rebbe simply says, wherever you are is what you do. Right. Uh, here, we, we don't, uh, most Ashkenazim don't go that so way. So it's just respecting the place that you're in. Yeah, yeah. In other words, you don't do malacha because that's uh, that's disrespectful to the people who are keeping yamtiv. Right? That's a separate thing, as opposed to the Alter Rebbe's idea that you are bound by whatever is the halacha in that place. Right? That's the Alter Rebbe. But be it as it may, I guess the bottom line—I don't want to obscure the simple thing I'm saying to you—is uh, do not schedule flights on the second day of yamtiv because it does create it does create uh, some serious problems. 
as to when you would be bound by the second day of Yom Tif if there are other Jews around. In fact, it was even a Shiloh like this. Uh, interesting questions about a bunch of Israelis who uh, went to a hotel in Switzerland for Pesach. And they were the only Jews in the hotel. There were no other Jews there. Do they have to keep a second day of Yom Tif in Switzerland? Because you, 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 don't, you, you only have to keep a second day of Yom Tif when you're in a Jewish community. But here, the whole Jewish community were only one day people. Right, so so the Shabbos are, table must be so much yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so these, these are problems. Again, like the Alter Rebbe, I don't think there's any question. Alter Rebbe would would certainly say, well, I'm not sure. I was going to say they certainly keep two days, but maybe not. Maybe even he says you become chayev only when there's a Jewish community. It's not the geographical place where you are. It's the community where you are. How would you know if there's ten? You are you often you, well. That's another question, but like, uh, dominion has to be like in a, in a space. Like in a yeah, yeah. No, they don't have to be in a room. But you know, in the uh, sometimes. I mean, you know, most of the time you don't know, so you have to be strict, obviously. But but sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know that. Uh, although you never know. Um, I remember. Um, you never know. People are in the Grand Canyon. People are in all sorts of crazy places, and. Uh, they're thirsty, they want to get a Coke at McDonald's, but they say, well, what if other Jews see us go to McDonald's? Huh? No Jews are going to see you, you're in the middle of nowhere. And they go, and they're like a bunch of Hasidim going by, you know. So all you, the same right, right. So you never, you never know. Right. right, you never know who's going to be seeing you, who's going to be watching you, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, okay, but be this as it may, uh, do not schedule uh, uh, for that and all and Michlau, to go late on Shabbos is also a big problem. You know, I I've done this myself and you know, it's a little scary. Uh, I I've taken Thursday night flights from uh, America to Israel oh. with great great reluctance, but I've done it. And you know, Baruch Hashem, you know, it it was okay, but you know. Well, I would only do it in the summer. So, so oh. basically, the flights uh, come uh, arrive in the air. The schedule in the airport around four o'clock. So, when Shabbos is eight o'clock, you're okay. In the winter, it's already uh, already too late. But one thing about Israel that's good, and that is, if you are stranded in the airport, this is the best place in the world to be stranded for Shabbos because what happens is, and again, Chabad gets a lot of credit, but uh, you know they they communicate ahead of time that there'll be religious people stranded in the airport for Shabbos. <laughs> and, you know, they make uh, meals and like sudas and... Uh, like, you can dive in it. Like, I was in this Madrid airport and had, yeah. like, a section. It's, like, really nice. Yeah. yeah like, that's right. Like, that's right. On a Friday with a whole bunch of, like, Haredi guys. Yeah. It was not fun. On Friday, we got, like, pushed off. So, so you were stuck like, for Shabbos in Turkey? No, no, no. Oh. We, like, made it back. Like, right before yeah. Shabbos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wow, yeah. It was really scary. Yeah. Now, I once got stuck on a, just tell you, I once got stuck on a bus Friday afternoon yeah. in New York when I was single, before I was even married. And it was a really strange story. Uh, and I had to leave, like, all my stuff. I was, like, not dressed for Shabbos and all. And the, the, the only institution that was in the neighborhood was Stern College for Women. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> well, as they say, I was, I was single at the time. You know. uh, 
but, but the thing was that Stern College for Women does have a Shabbos minion. They have men who come for the minion, and they put up the men. So uh, I was able to have a place to stay and, and eat and the like. Uh, my wife is not from Stern, so I did not meet my wife. <laughs> uh, but the one thing that, that I st- a I, fun story. Yeah, <laughs> but the one thing that I remember uh, very clearly, it was like um, you had a mechitza, right? But like the whole show were women, and there was like one row of men in the front, right? So the show was 98% women, and uh, the men uh, were sitting in the in the front. So that, uh, but it reminded me again that you've know, you got to be careful about traveling. Uh, part of Kavit Shabbos is not to put yourself in emergency situations. Uh, if one really has reverence and respect for Shabbos, you know, you want to be ready for Shabbos uh, way before Shabbos. And uh, when you cut it too short, uh, even if you make it, even if everything, Baruch Hashem, Hashem had Rachamim on you and everything worked out well, but it shows a lack of uh, really respect for the holiness of Shabbos. What if it's totally out of your hands, you gave yourself plenty of time, and just do it? Okay, it happens, but there are people, there are people who are machmer, they will not travel on Friday. Even if Shabbos is 8 p.m. and they're going on a three-hour trip and they're leaving, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, they have a Masora, I do not take out-of-town trips on Friday. There, there's such a there's such a reason for that. You never like know. You, you never know what happens. Certainly after midday for sure. But some people even in the morning they on will not. Uh, they'll go on thir- well, Thursday. They'll go, but you know, but they're, they're not going to. They're, they're not going to go Friday morning because they say I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to take any any chances. Okay. Anyone wish you all a good yomtiv, a real kabbalah satayra. Thank you so much. And, uh, <laughs>